0: All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you right bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, Bitch.
1: Greetings from the Prison Industrial Complex. You're listening to the Notes from the Bitten Podcast. I am your incarcerated host, Bobby C., and welcome to my incarceration. This morning, I am caffeinated, not fed, and not fully awake yet. But today with me, it's okay, because this woman has spent a lifetime waking me up when I wasn't ready to get up and forcing me to school. <laughs> Unless I gave minimal resistance, at which point she just let me go back to sleep
0: <laughs> or uh,
1: pretend to believe that I was uh, under the weather, and I am not today. I am um, uh, say hi, mom. Hello. Hello. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, I've had a crazy, busy week. Lots of doctor appointments. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let me fill you that, in. That, let me prepare you. Let me prepare you for getting old. It's hard and life changing. I mean, it, it's no secret that women what they lose the estrogen and men lose their testosterone. Testosterone, that you know that word. <laughs> I can't say. It. Men Tetesterol, get testosterone. Em- they yeah.
1: lose estrogen.
0: Oh. well, well, men get emotional and women, as they age, they turn into like big crabs. And it's hard. On, <laughs> and it's hard on our digestive system too as we get old. I feel like all I do is they meet in the middle. It feels like I, all I do is burp and fart all day long. I am not ready to be a man. <laughs> I am not ready. But
1: yeah, they meet in the middle. Oh. They meet in the middle. Okay. Like the things that make the the hormone that makes men men uh, lessens and and vice versa. So they meet in the middle. Men become more womanly, and uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Women become more manly (laughs) or less womanly maybe callous they grow a little chin hair
0: well listen to this the other day i'm in the kitchen right he might get mad at me for saying this but the other day i'm in the kitchen and i and i look over to pops he's in his recliner and he looks like he's getting ready to cry and i'm like are you okay he goes yeah that damn dog commercial that sad damn dog commercial is on again (laughs) and i'm like what so i walk over there take the remote and i change a channel and i go problem solved like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me start yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm turning into a guy.
1: <laughs> well, every time I call you, your day is just loaded with doctor's appointments.
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, after this, i got to go get blood work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we need the blood work to make sure you're ready to come in for your full appointment to get the urine sample worked on. And
0: then,
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a whole litany of... uh yeah. Doctor
0: appointment. Anyways, that's been my last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah? Well, my last couple of weeks have been pretty busy. It feels like it's been a while since we've uh, joined the Pebbles on, on a just-spin-and-laps-up-to-date one. We've been trying to figure this damn series intro out, and it's the most difficult thing creatively I've had to do for the show. I think we got something figured out. Yep. Part of the problem is how difficult it is for me to do so. the, the whole crux of this show revolves around sincerity, reality, and it's hard for me to have anything pre-written or even pre-planned. I like to have a, a general notes on what I'm, what we're going to talk about, and then just let it come naturally. Right? right. So with something as delicate and comprehensive, and all these different factors I have to go into to laying down a series intro to to kind of. Paint a picture for new listeners about what they're getting into is just incredibly difficult. But unintentionally, I think we ended up laying something down, me yeah. and JD, uh, yeah. just naturally kind of talking about it. It's been a while. So, so normally when I go through the weeks, I'm thinking about, okay, when shit happens or I watch something on TV or I, or I think about something gets triggered in here, I'm like, that would be good for the show. I haven't been in show mode for the last couple of weeks, yeah. but a lot of stuff's happened. So last night, I get to thinking, and as I'm thinking, like, oh, what should I do tomorrow? Something happens that is just going to fit perfectly for uh, a cube update. Okay. It's time for a cube update. So everyone remembers the story about what happened with the new uh, influx of Cubies and the kid that uh, Ern, his name's Ernie, Ernest. Already doomed, the kid. Now you understand. Now I understand why this kid has so many troubles and shit. And Ern is, I st- I So you remember I said I'm trying to help him a little bit. Yeah. I gave up on that about two weeks ago because I realized what was happening. His heart is Is he has a, the kid has a good heart, but he has zero self control, free will or discipline, or anything like that. Anything that makes you um, a grown-up right. or responsible, he does none of that, right? And, and, and worse than none of that, he doesn't care about his name or, or anything like that. So, But that stuff, I, mean, I wasn't making a moral judgment when I decided to like pull back. It was just, um, it wasn't working. Nothing was working, and I saw it was, it was going to be a fruitless thing. I said everything that I could say to someone in that position, you know, he has a history of, of mental health, suicide attempts, and heavy, heavy addiction, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And so I just pulled back. It's um, you have to be pragmatic in this place. I, I, you know what? I think a lot of people who've dealt with it, just addiction in general have had to learn to be kind of just accept reality, you know, and not be so emotionally attached when stuff doesn't seem to be working out, or you can't get to someone. So that being said everything's been going pretty much uh just 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 regular okay. so i hang the phone up last night and i'm on my way in and nate one of my qb's nate shout out to his sister i think his sister his name's tara she's been listening recently cool and uh he can't wait to come over and tell me like oh my sister really likes your show so what's up Tara? we appreciate you <laughs> and uh he said that uh her her husband was like uh She's in the truck or wherever she's at listening. He's like, what the hell have you been listening to over the last couple of days? I love it. She's like, nothing, shut up, <laughs> nothing, shut up. <laughs> and um, so, so Nate pulls up on me as I'm walking down our side of the unit. I'm kind of distracted. I'm just trying to get back in there and make some food before. And I just hung the phone up, and they closed the yard. So it's busy. That's when the unit's real busy. So I'm weaving my way through people, and he pulls up beside me, beside me and starts going, hey, uh, um, he's trying to tell me something. Oh, wait till you get in the cube. Wait till you see in the cube. And so I, I'm thinking, I said, w- would they tear that bitch up or something? Meaning, did they shake? I'm expecting to go in there and, they, and everything's everywhere because the CEO shook down or something. And he goes, you know, you knew, we knew it was coming. And so I'm thinking it's a shakedown. So I'm like, well, so what? They tore our shit up? He says, no. Um, um, he's like trying to figure out how to tell me. And uh, right before we get there, he's, he says, hey, he's, someone's locking up. They're packing someone up, oh. and so I take a guess at who it is, and I'm wrong. And he goes, "No." And I, by this time, we're down at the cube. And now, when someone normally locks up, the protocol is, they they're in fear for their life. They go tell a CEO they're in fear for their life. The CEO then calls up front, has someone pick them up, they cuff them up, and they take them out of the unit immediately, right? And then the CEO goes down to their cube or their cell. If they have a bunkie, they ask him to leave. If they have QBs, they ask them to leave. And they go in there and they secure their shit, right? They'll, they'll pack all the stuff up and bring it out. If they're a cool CO, they'll say, okay, you guys got to go. I got to pack them up. And they'll ask the bunkie, w- is, which shit's yours? So I, I don't accidentally pack your shit up with it.
0: Right.
1: And they'll let you tell them. And then, and then you'll leave. They'll do all the packing up. And then they'll tell you when, when they're done, you go in there. I go down there. And the cube, I can still, I can see immediately. There's people still in the cube, right? Russia's sitting down by his bunk. That's who's bunky with him. Um, and the cube's full. Not only is the cube full, there's a CEO in there holding a trash bag, Damn. while Earn is loading his shit into it. Wow. So Earn's locking up, and the CEO is making him pack his own shit. Because they're so sick of it. It it just constantly happens. And they know what's happening. They know these guys run up bills. They can't take care of their debts. And they take the coward's way out by going, I got to get out of here. I can't. And so supposedly he went up there and like he's done it before. It sounded like it wasn't the first time apparently. He said, I'm in fear for my life. I got to (laughs) go. And so he's like, well, you're going to pack your own shit up. So now he's in there. And has to hear people like, God damn, what are you doing? Don't do it, boo, <laughs> boo. <laughs> and um, he's not make, he won't make eye contact with anyone. I guess Russia asks him, um, Are you okay? What are you doing? And it's hard because the CEO's there too, so
0: yeah, you can't really I get
1: it. talk too much. So I, I don't even go in the queue because it's so crowded. I go to my little window area between my, the bed and the locker. It's a direct line of sight to him, and I'm watching him. And people are saying shit, and um, he's packing up, and I'm just looking at him. He's looking out at the ground. He gets, he goes, CEO, uh, is that everything? And yeah. And people are saying like, don't do it. You're straight. They're like, what are you doing? Well, you know. And then some people are yelling at him. You're a piece of shit, bitch. Lock up, hmm. artist. Huh? And um, as he's going to leave, I say, because he's waits for the CEO to like bring the bag out. He's, like, stopped right in front of me, and I go, er, and he looks at me. I can finally get him to look at me because he's trying not to look at me. And I go, um, I said, remember the stuff we talked about. Get your shit together. And he was like, okay. And then left. And by that, I mean, like, we had some talks where I perfected my my pitch about what addiction is and the responsibility of the person, ultimately, but also... The things they need to know to forgive themselves. His kids lived, you
0: have one minute remaining.
1: He's lived a rough childhood. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure he's ashamed of what he's doing and, and all that. And it's just a weird position to be in because as a convict, you're like, and, and as a man or woman, like a fully. well, Every time we, we say that, like as a term, I'm a real man. It seems I, I don't wanna sound uh misogynistic A right. oh, convict and someone who cares about their name or respect or just, just being an honest, respectful, solid human being, locking up like that is completely unacceptable and degrading and I I don't know how people do it really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but also as someone who suffered from mental health and addiction. Okay, we're back. I think uh, I think the older I get Prisoner age, the, uh, that, the, the, the ultimate conundrum I'm constantly going through. Prisoner age, prisoner age. Is it prison experience or age? That's, that's changing me. If there's a marker for for the way we use the word wisdom, it's in realizing that very few things in life are black and white. And you would think with gaining something that, like wisdom, you would see things more clearly, but ironically... But I think the wiser you get, the less certain you are about stuff. Realizing that feels like some sort of um, Confucius saying, you know, that's one of those situations, right? It's easy just to pick one side of something and be done with it. We do it everywhere. We do it in with sports teams, religion, politics, especially politics. Right. And something like this is like a perfect example of feeling two things. My go-to feeling has flipped. So instead of immediately having it be disappointment or judgment, and then later talking myself down and saying, well, and start thinking about the, you know, the, the factors that could have led someone to do that, now it starts out with, I don't want to say sadness, or, but, but kind of understanding first, you know, like giving, explaining away. Or giving reasons for for whatever it is someone did that might be questionable, and then coming in later and reminding myself, well, but everyone's responsible for their own actions ultimately. And if there's no responsibility and people don't have if we just write everything off, then there really is no free will, you know, or at least we're we're acting like there, there isn't. So
0: I'd like to think that some of the conversations that the two of you had, that parts of it stuck in him. He may not realize it going through it at the moment. It, while well, he's packing up in front of everybody, but when he gets to wherever he's going, I'm very hopeful that he'll rely on some of the things you guys talked about to help get him through it. I hope so, anyway. I really do.
1: Right. So do I. But here's the problem. Nowadays, with fentanyl out there the way it is, you don't, not too many people have the time to let ideas, thoughts, conversations mature or themselves mature it's a deadly game out there that shit goes quick and fast i said after he left i said he's probably gonna be dead in a couple years like i said he's got a good heart man he's got a good sense of humor he's not a bad human being he's a broken human being and as bad as the pill mill opioid epidemic that started in florida started in Florida and spread to the rest of the country. As bad as that was growing up in that, and as many of my friends that died, by a, just a ridiculous set of events, and I don't think, you know. obviously, I didn't choose or make any decisions, I had the time to, I lived long enough to mature and to, and to figure out the importance of, of what you do and the choices you make and all that stuff. And what really worries me is that a lot of these people nowadays don't have the time. And a bunch of my friends didn't have the time, right? Because we didn't have Narcan and stuff back then that you could spray up someone's nose and bring them back to life. Um, right. Well, but nowadays with, with fentanyl and all that shit that's out there, it's, it just worries me that, that that's the true tragedy. I think about that. They just they just caught arrested a guy in Tupac's killing. Right. And when I was young, Tupac was older than me, and he was my favorite rapper, and I just loved him, and I related to him a lot, and and how his manifold personality and how many um, different emotions and and perspectives he could represent. But as I got older, when I got older than Tupac was when he died, he was 25, I started to view him differently. I started to view him as a brilliant, creative, and and spitfire and passion and all this stuff. But I also started to look at him like, damn, he was young. He was so young. And he didn't have a chance to... Evolve into whatever he would have been, and I think it would have been really cool to see. And much in the same way, it, it worries me about these young kids, and I see them now, and, and they're just ripping and running and playing fast and loose, that they might not, they're probably not going to have the chance to figure it out, and that's the scary part.
0: Yeah, and it kind of highlights the damage that we as people in society don't want to address We are lacking in doing a good job in addressing mental health and addiction issues. Prison is not the answer to fixing people with mental health issues and addiction. It doesn't work. It causes more problems. And that kid is the perfect example, unfortunately.
1: And in lieu of adequate help or even an attempt at at adequate help from the institution. Right. Right with me really who having gone through it all and made it out to the, the other end and having an ability to express these things and, and being there with him and giving it my all, you know, over, over hours, hours and hours in conversation, it just ain't enough, man. And you're absolutely right. We're failing a ma- a large majority of our population or, or maybe not majority we're f- but we're feeling a significant, uh, non-negligible segment of our society, and it's all tied together: mental health, addiction, incarceration, yeah. and none. Of, there, there has to be a stop somewhere in the way. And I know some people think that prison is the stop in that that gives somebody a break. And and I know I can be an example of that, but I am the exception, not the rule. This this place fosters addiction and acting out on addictions in a way there's much more triggers in here than there is in the world. And so you're absolutely right. That's a really good point to make. And ultimately it goes back to the most, if I can simplify the issue, our, our problem in America with, with the way we approach criminal justice, is that after thinking about it for a long time, we do need, every society needs some form of criminal justice, some system. But you have so to, to break it down to a really crude level, you need, there's two options with limited resources and manpower. Mass incarceration, lock everyone up, and targeted incarceration. Just lock up the people you need to lock up. Now, what happens with mass incarceration, sounds good. You catch all the bad guys, and you, and you lock them up. But you also catch a bunch of other people that you probably don't have to lock up. And what happens is, because you lock so many people up, You don't have the time and resources to fix them. And you don't have the time or resources to keep all of them in prison for as long as they might need to be, meaning the really bad ones that you need out of society. So you end up having to release everyone because there's limited space because you're locking more and more people up. And the bad people, the truly bad people, who probably should never be back in society, not only do they get out – the other people get out, too, without any rehabilitation. Now, targeted incarceration, on the other hand, isn't as easy to sell in a political way because it's Americans deplore nuance. And so it's easy to say, oh, look, they're locking so many less people up, and you'll cherry-pick little instances of a horrendous crime and say, look, if you would to lock this guy up, we need to go back to mass incarceration. But the reality is, if there's adults in the room and they can hold on to a concept that it has a one-degree separation between cause and effect. What targeted incarceration does is it frees up the space, the manpower, and the resources to lock up the people who are broken permanently, irreparably. And I don't know what that number is. It's probably a lot lower than most people would tell you. Keep them in forever if they need to be. It allows the resources to fix the people who actually need help who are decent people and can be, you know, participating, constructive members of society, if but for one or two issues,
0: right? Yeah.
1: And it lowers, it, it, it's more, it would be more effective at lowering the actual crime in America.
0: I say, all excellent points, by the way, perfect points, especially coming from someone who's living inside. and. The system actually perpetuates the issues that prison was designed to fix. That's as simple as you can...
1: Prison causes more crime.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Prison, yes, absolutely. Prison causes more crime. So this kid is from somewhere up in damn near Canada, right? And for those of you that don't know, the crime is a lot... It's a lot less crime up there. There's... in, exponentially less violent crime and, and the stuff you'd see in a big city, and it's basically all drug shit. It's all addiction issues. And, you know, doctors are, as medicine progresses, we click, one of the first things that we started to realize is like, oh, a holistic approach to health is much better than some reactionary treatment of a resulting disease of like diabetes or or cancer from smoking or whatever. You want to treat the whole body because weaknesses in one part of the immune system or the health is going to translate into infecting other systems and get much, much worse, right? And we don't have a holistic approach in our society to helping people who need help. We catch it at the end of the line and want to put a bandaid on and, and none of it's working. And it's no wonder when you come to prison and you look around and you see the things on the news, like crime through the roof, you go, yeah, of course it is. And then when you see the right saying, we need tougher, we need to put more people in prison, then you get pissed off and say, you dumb fucks. That's not it. You need to put the right people in prison, but lower the prison population so you can actually hold the people that are irreparable and fix the ones who are. Because the way we're doing it now, we're just, you're just warehousing us. And this place is fucking zombie land. I mean, there's new methods for inebriation that have slowly filtered in, and it's there's documentaries on Nat Geo, so I'm not breaking any convict code here. They all know about it, and it's experimental. It's research chems. It's weird shit, and it makes people do weird things, and there's people convulsing in their beds and drooling out of the side of their head and and clawing fucking imaginary insects off their face, and the place I am living in and trying to somehow put together some sort of post-prison career. (laughs) (laughs) Life is uh, trying, to say the least. But one of the things that helps me, and I know you guys are going to get tired of me saying it, but I'm not going to quit, is this thing. This is my therapy. It allows me to get shit off my chest. And even if it's just to an amazing group of pebbles out there and there's no politicians or anyone listening, which I don't think is true, um, it it still helps me to feel like, At least someone
0: you have one minute remaining
1: gets to hear the diagnosis of what's going on in here, and and it's not just yelled into a dark cave, it's it's reaching some people. And, um, damn, I didn't mean this one for for this one to be such a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, so there's the catch up. You're all all caught up now. Um,
0: Prison sucks, and mama sees turning into a man. There you go.
1: <laughs> and there she is alright listen we love you uh, this that. is one for the Patreon um, we're gonna t- we'll are going try to put something together as soon as a good mood strikes we'll try to put something uh, a little more <laughs> uplifting there for you right. uh, we're just so glad uh, you could join us we love you thanks for letting us into your car your pods, or your home so on behalf of myself Mama C Big urn, all the new pebbles we gathered along the way is a failing prison system. Everyone else who's listening, we are gone.
0: We gone! Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.